again, everyone. I'm Brian DeNovellis. Welcome to episode 30 of the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. Hey, before we get started, if you like the content you're listening to, please subscribe to the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Give me a follow. Tell your friends about it as well. You can also scroll down on my Apple homepage, rate the podcast, or even write a review. I would greatly appreciate it. All right. The college basketball season is officially in the books. The Big East tournament tips off on Wednesday with three games at Madison Square Garden. And since the Big East was reconfigured in 2013, this might be the most wide open the tournament has ever been. So who better to talk about the best conference tournament in all of college basketball than the governor, Bill Raftery. <laughs> coach, welcome to the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. You're the one and only, Coach. Um. Yeah, well, I don't, uh, at home, they don't feel that way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know who rules the homes, Coach. That's why we stay married for so long. <laughs> so, Coach, did you ever think that when you got into broadcasting in 1983, you'd be doing this almost 40 years? No, to be honest with you, you know, I thought I'd have a, a day job and occasionally do games and that was the case for about 12 to 14 years when I was in banking. I couldn't balance my own checking book and I was in banking <laughs> sort of, uh, but it, it was a, uh, you know, a great time for me because I had, uh, you know, a great group of guys that worked at the first national state bank was the bank. And we had the giants, the jets, the Meadowlands, the casinos were hot then the roadways. So we were like salesmen and uh, I was permitted uh Bill Flaherty would let me go any place, any time. He was my boss. So it worked out pretty good for me. I was able to sort of tour the country in the old days when ESPN was in its infancy. Coach, listen, you're a pioneer. You're a broadcasting Hall of Famer. And do you look at yourself that way? You know, all the catchphrases you've had with, you know, onions and with a kiss, all, all those things. Uh, do you look at yourself as somebody who's, revolutionize the way broadcasting is done? I really don't analyze myself. You know, I just try and, you know, react to situations and say things that, uh, you know, seem to fit and say it succinctly. Uh, and I think you're all a victim or uh, a, in a positive vein of who you pal around with, your home life, your family, your school days. Uh, so, you know, I just feel very lucky, to be honest with you, you know, in terms of... Uh, in our house, self-praise stinks, so it was an easy way to start. You know, my mom and dad were more concerned about the other kids in the family than something you may have done, uh, but they gave you a pat in the back and then moved on. So I'm just lucky. I feel, you know, this crazy game has been so good to me. Yeah, we're lucky to have you as a broadcaster and listen to you. So those catchphrases, is it something you had in your vernacular as a coach at Seton Hall or FDU Madison, or they just came up? No, they just came up, you know. Uh, you ask any of the kids that play for me, I had other words I can't use in this podcast that <laughs> I probably use, but uh, no, it's just a reaction to a situation. So uh, nothing where I wrote it on paper and said that sounds good or, uh, you know, makes you, uh, you know, feel like you're, you're overly prepared. It just flies out. And, you know, when there's not much in there, it comes out easier. I remember very well being a fan of the Big East when Jerome Lane broke the backboard and shattered it. You said, send it in, Jerome. These are catchphrases that, that college basketball fans 
know and adore. Is there one phrase that most fans come up to you and, and say to you? No, it just varies. You know, like I was in Memphis yesterday and a couple of guys came up and went, Miniman. <laughs> you, you never know. Just, I do remember years ago uh, at Newark Airport, uh, this guy came up to me and he said, man to man, like I said, man to man. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And it was really just something to establish what the team was playing and get out of the play-by-play guy's way. But at that point in my life, I didn't really realize I was doing it that way. So it's something that you know, now, now I sort of feel obligated to say it. It's, uh, you know, one of those things. I bore myself with it, but I figure, what the heck, it's better doing it that long, I'll keep doing it. It's going to be on your gravestone someday. Not that we're trying to get you there, Coach, but... Hey, that, that's not a bad thing. Okay, so let's talk about this Big East tournament, probably the most wide open uh, ever. Uh, how excited are you to call these games? Well, you know, I'm doing the uh, Thursday and Friday, and, uh, you know, all these matchups on Thursday are indicative of the year. IQ, I couldn't handicap any of these games, to be honest with you. I know Georgetown has struggled, but they've given teams tough games, including Seton Hall. You know, DePaul St. John's played recently. Uh, it comes down to the wire. You know, Butler has struggled, but Xavier struggled too. So uh, that's leaving out the, you know, the cream of the crop, the way Providence and Bloma and you kind of played, you know, throwing Creighton into the match. And you've got just a wild kind of a, uh, in terms of uh, Vegas trying to handicap this, good luck. You know, I have no idea who could win this. No question. And, and DePaul is one of those underrated teams that we kind of forget about, but uh, with one of the leading scorers in the Big East, right? You you have maybe one of the best players in the country too, Javon Freeman Liberty, and he's overlooked a little because he was out. You know, he didn't play a bunch of games in a row uh, because of an injury, and and people just forgot about him. But he's a scoring machine. This kid uh, just knows how to you know, get on the board, whether it's a, a three, a middle game, or something off his defense at the rim. Uh, so, you know, th- this is a really solid basketball team with, with good size. Your and I is a kid that nobody's talked about, but Nick again, then he are formidable centers in terms of protecting the rim. And the kid Terry's come along too. Jalen Terry's doing a really nice job running the show, maybe a little undersized in a way, but uh, there's a toughness about this kid. And you, know, you throw in David Jones, who's a big-time player. Right? This is not an easy game. And then you count it out with St. John's and, you know, what they've been able to do with their pressure. And, of course, Champagne, uh, you know, in the running, I'm sure, with Liberty, too, amongst Gillespie and others as player of the year. Uh, we'll probably find that out tonight or tomorrow. But, uh, you know, no easy game for either one of them. No, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if either team made a run. What, in your mind, has been the problem for St. John's this year? Has it been just too many pieces uh, trying to learn a new system under Mike Anderson? You know, I, I think that little run of games would have posh really hurt them, to be honest with you. You know, I think they would have been able to garner a couple of wins when he was out with that ankle. So I think, I think that's the big thing. And once in a while, uh, Champagne plays within the system a little bit. And I would like him to step out. I mean, he's that good a player that you hate to say this as a former coach, but he's the kind of kid you don't mind taking a couple of bad shots or quick shots. 
but he does other things, no question about it, uh, and he'll be an NBA player. Uh, so I, I think at some point, if they're going to do anything, he just has to raise his level of play even more than with some of his better nights. And the other thing, uh, you got to get something out of their press. I mean, they full court press all game, and they get after you. And Pasha so good with his hands that uh, you know just is so disruptive, uh, and they speed teams up. So uh, it's just a matter of maybe tying a couple of good games together. Right. Um, speaking of tying a few games together, I mean, Seton Hall is one of the hottest teams in the conference. They've won five in a row, eight of 10. Once again, they go through this January swoon and Kevin Willard picks up the pieces. And somehow, in my opinion, coach, it's the best job Kevin Willard has done with all of the circumstances surrounding this team in his 12 years at Seton Hall. It's amazing. They got the 20 wins this year. Uh, I, you know, it's funny, over the years, we've all said this is Kevin's best year. <laughs> he, just, he just continues to mystify. Uh, you know, Aiken was a major loss, too, when they struggled a little bit. And it took a while to get their wheels going. Uh, but now now they, they sort of know when they're going to be playing and how long they're going to be playing. Uh, you know, Kadari Gritschman, I think, has really improved his game. You know, he's actually making deeper shots, which... Early in the year, he was strictly a you know drive, touch the line, post up guy. So this is a uh, you know a team that has grown. They've got great size. They've got rim protectors. Uh, you know, Kevin, Kevin, uh, tough defensively, whether it's man or his matchup, something he's gone to, and I think that's taken more form as well. So as you look at this team, coach, what impresses you the most about this Pirates team? Uh, you know, again, I, I just mentioned their depth. I think that that's something that, uh, you know, is very important and their size and they can, you know, they can take Ike out and uh, just move people around. Yet has come along. Jackson's come along. Uh, of course, we didn't even mention Jared Roden, who I, you know, started to make threes a little more, uh, be a little more efficient in that offensive end. And I think Harris is starting to feel comfortable as well. So they're in a mixed bag. You know, Kale can guard people. Uh, they, they've got a lot to offer. They're not going to be an easy out. I don't think Aiken is going to be back. I'm not sure as we speak. But if he was ever able to return, you know, that would really give them some offensive punch. I agree. If that's if there's one thing against them, it's consistency and shooting. And, and boy, could he stretch the defense out. But I would agree. I don't think Aiken – is going to return to this team. So on the other side, you have an historic season, unfortunately for Georgetown. You and I, you and I have seen, you know, the greatest Georgetown teams ever. And no way did I think Patrick Ewing at the helm would go through one of the worst seasons in Big East history at 019. Do you believe he can still stay and turn this team around? Well, you know, they gave him uh, a vote of confidence. Uh, so he's going to get the opportunity. Uh, I just think they got in a spiral, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it, it started with kids leaving a couple of years ago. I think McClue, the kid who went to Texas Tech, mm -hmm. Kinjo going to, you know, Arizona and then down, you know, Baylor. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's got this Billingsley kid. Nobody talks much about him. He's a, a freshman. Patrick expects a lot from him. Uh, you know, it's just... A bunch of young guys. Mutombo's son is young. Uh, it was uh, goes to uh, Excuse me. Goes to Maryland. 
Uh, all of a sudden, you got a lot of empty pieces, and you know you're relying on Caden Rice, the kid from the Citadel, to come in and make all his threes. valentari has been solid, uh, but I think with them, it always boils down to big decision making, and that, that's up to Harris. Really, he's the guy that runs the show, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're going to really compete in this tournament. And then to see what Patrick does in terms of the portal, I think you'll see him active in that. This league, um, maybe more than most, getting old is very important. And I think you'll see him doing that, uh, plus signing some uh, freshman kids. So, you know, it's been a down year. And in many cases, I'm sure in his mind, a dismal one. But we'll see what happens during the next three or four months. And that, that's going to be the key to what they do next year. Okay, so let's get back to these games at hand. Let's... Let's pencil in Seton Hall. If they play and, and beat Georgetown, they would face UConn in the next round. You'll be calling that game. That would be some electric atmosphere, the 9:30 game on Thursday. And I don't think you can find two more similar teams in terms of their roster makeup, coach. Well, the big difference, I think, is Sonogo, though. That, that, that is the big difference. True. Uh, Seton Hall does have that inside offensive punch. You know, Ike's more of a ball screener, a roll, a roll guy. Uh, but the, this kid, if he stays on the floor, he just presents so many problems for people. And Chris Cole, RJ Cole is just, you know, one of the, he's a guy that nobody mentions in terms of player of the year either, but he has been sensational, I think, for this club. So uh, not an easy matchup. Obviously, Martin's a kid who's really talented. You know, can get double doubles easily, a pretty aggressive kid. Uh, but in terms of uh, the match, you know, it'll be a fun game, particularly for me to watch because there'll be a lot of X's and O's going on, you know, from Danny, a former Seton Hall grad, um, and of course with Kevin, the, the Pittsburgh grad, but now the longtime successful coach at the Hall. Uh, without question. And and Danny, you know, what, you have the recruiting wars, right? You had R.J. Cole being from St. Anthony. Sonogo was you know, going to go to Seton Hall and then at the last minute turned and went to UConn. And it always seems like he has his best games against Seton Hall. Coach, he's not only developed into the best big man in the Big East, but he's got to be one of the best big men in the country. Well, I think that that's why Kevin made the statement. I, I, I don't want UConn in the, in the college <laughs> a couple of years ago. And rightly so, because a lot of their kids will probably come from this area. And that's sort of where Kevin's... Uh, hung his hat, although he's it's probably had more New Yorkers come than Jersey kids. So we'll see what happens with the recruiting. So how about Ed Cooley, coach? We, we can't not talk about this tournament and not talk about Ed Cooley. Providence wins their first ever Big East regular season title. How about this Friars team? They, they, they seem to be hanging that chip on their shoulder like, hey, no, nobody takes us you know, seriously and all we do is keep winning. Uh, yeah, I think people take them seriously, though, in the league. Uh, they close out games, and one of the reasons they close out games is Biden was a different player this year. Uh, you know, he coordinates things. He gets the ball in the right spots. He doesn't mind the moment, takes a big three here and there, drives and finds people. And also Reeves has improved his game, and that certainly has helped him as well. You know, uh, making threes, uh, which – he sort of was hesitant early in the year, but now he's just not the least bit afraid. And, you know, when you get to the end of the game, they leave, leave it up to Outdoor, uh, who's confident, makes free throws, you know, 79% from the free throw line that 
he's not afraid to step up. But they got nice pieces, you know. They start the game in half trying to bang it into Watson. And then they've got Horkman, who's a good passer, great rebounder, makes a three that bites you. So uh, they've got some really good pieces and a good backup in Croswell, uh, you know, to play for Watson to get some foul trouble or give him a blow. So, you know, this is one of those teams that can do a lot of damage this month. A lot of teams from the Big East can do a lot of damage this month. So who's your pick to win it all and, and why in the Big East tournament? <laughs> I'll just get this back and watch the games, you know. That's for those guys that like to invest in the outcome. But, uh, you know, I just think it's a strong field. Uh, you know, uh, I think you can throw to two games prior rather than the coaches call. Uh, and I just think who, you know, makes plays in the last two minutes of a game. That's why it's always a guards game. And there's a lot of great guards, a lot of seniors, a lot of graduate seniors in there. I, I guess that's what makes this Big East conference so so great this year with these fifth-year seniors, whether it's Watson, whether it's Gillespie, whether it's Kale, uh, they're all over the place. And I, I think it's been good for the conference this year, Coach. Right. Well, you know, kids have stayed around. Uh, when you think of Gillespie getting that extra year after his knee injury, um, you know, that and that's the one thing. You look at all these teams, and in a sense, Villanova always pops up because they do things in a – in a simple way, uh, fundamentally sound, don't, don't make mistakes, undersized but productive rebounding-wise. And I think you, you, to beat them, have to match that, those similarities. If you do, you know, you got a chance to beat them. But you got to be on top of your game, no question about it. So I want to ask you uh, one final question about coaching. You know, you spent – I think it was 11 seasons at the hall and, and you had a winning record coach. You did pretty well there. Different times you started the big East conference. Your first, your last two years were the first two years of the big East conference. So you've seen this conference grow from its infancy. Um, what do you think of what this conference has become and, and how teams like Seton hall and Providence and St. John's, these small Catholic schools, you know, keep it going. I think the biggest thing is that, you know, the, the reorganization of the league, uh, you know, in the eventual national championships of Villanova, uh, you know, have brightened their star. Uh, you know, all these coaches have been able to recruit kids and develop them occasionally, a one or two and done. But most likely, the kids who go on to the league are three and four year uh, players. So uh, I, I just think that their, their impact uh, with the reorganization. Uh, it's not that it's startling, but it's just amazing what they've been able to do, you know, losing all those name, you know, football, whether it's the Syracuse Pitts or whoever you want to mention over the years. But this this structure is solid. Uh, all the schools, as you know, basketball is the game at all these schools. And, you know, even Connecticut with football, it's still basketball yeah. out there. And, uh, you know, I, I just think kids wake up in the morning wanting to go to a place that's all about basketball. Then you add the garden to the mix at the end of the year and occasionally playing St. John's there for some teams. Uh, you can see why uh, it's an attractive position for young kids to say, you know what, I want to go play there and play in the, the mecca of college basketball. It still is. It still counts for something. And uh, I expect that building to be rocking Wednesday through Saturday, and does, does it ever get old, Coach? 
No, no, it really doesn't. And, uh, you know, every, everybody involved from Fox just loves this particular league and tournament. And, uh, you know, just the way they turn out for it is impressive, too. Kids are going to play in front of a full house. And, uh, it's just a moment they'll never forget the rest of their lives, basically. Without question. Coach, we appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking time out of your busy schedule and uh, giving us your thoughts. Thank you so much. Right, take care. Appreciate it. All right, coach. All the best. All right. The one and only Bill Raftery. How many catchphrases did he bring into our vernacular, right? With a kiss, onions. Did you know that those catchphrases have been trademarked? You can buy those on t-shirts and other wear. So uh, that's how popular, that's how popular those catchphrases are. Look those up, Google it, go buy one. He is amazing. Uh, I can listen to his broadcast all day long. I can watch Big East basketball all day long. And this tournament promises to not disappoint. It all gets underway Wednesday with Butler and Xavier, followed by St. John's and DePaul, Seton Hall and Georgetown in the nightcap. Enjoy the games, everyone. Enjoy the broadcasts wherever you're watching them. This is going to be a fun week of college basketball. We covered the Big East on this podcast. On our next podcast, on the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast, we will preview Rutgers and the Big Ten Tournament. Until then, enjoy the games, everyone. Thanks for listening.